Up next, voices matter with Franziska Passion. In a democratic society, every voice counts. We are convinced that everyone has a meaningful story to tell. Our new feature, Voices Matter, is a platform to make your voice heard. In October, Luxembourg celebrates Black History Month. And for this occasion, we have teamed up with the nonprofit One People, who hosts the events. On Voices Matter, we will dedicate our airtime to black history and also to black life in Luxembourg today. Our guest today is Corida Jokli. Hi, Corida. Hi. It's nice to meet you and great to have you here. Thanks for inviting me. You, are, well, your family is from the U.S., but you live in Luxembourg. You have lived in Luxembourg for many, many years. If we think about the U.S., like there, this topic of being black and this public discourse about mainly about structural racism and discrimination is huge, especially even more. And it has arrived also here in Europe since the Black Lives Matters movement. Well, how do you feel in all these discourses between the U.S. and Luxembourg, Europe? And what sense does this touch you or concern you? It's a bit difficult because uh, so I, I grew up a little bit all over the world. And um, my viewpoint is, you know, one of many cultures and languages and sounds. And so when I think about like what it was to be living as a black person in the U.S. versus over in Europe or particularly in Lux, um, there's a lot of uh, sense of safety and security and awareness. So when I do go home now, um, particularly like if I'm in Chicago or the Seattle area, sometimes, you know, you see flashing lights and you get a little bit of like PTSD and you feel like, oh, my God, is someone going to pull me over and what's going to happen? And all these things race through your head. This actually was before uh, Black Lives Matter. This was running rampant way before any of that was a well-known fact. But um, it just became even stronger. And then moving over to Europe, whenever I do see those same flashing lights, I have a sense of, oh, well, they're going to go take care of somebody. They're going to go help. It's never been like my life is in danger or I fear scared. Um, I know that when I see police officers that they're there to help and, you know, and they're actually quite friendly here in Luxembourg. Um, I'm always, you know, surprised uh, just to see the difference. Um, and then there's this this overall sentiment of uh, Black Lives Matter. It's It's very interesting because the kind of work that I do is in diversity. And what I learned over the last couple of years was This uh, strong sense of racism has been more of a taboo topic in Europe. So within our black circles, people, we talk about it a lot amongst each other, but we don't really talk about it in public because um, I've noticed that sometimes people say, oh, it's not as bad or maybe it doesn't exist. Um, in certain countries, a lot of people are like, oh, it's kind of taboo or illegal. We don't really talk about race. It's not, this is not American. I'm like, I get it. I understand that because it runs rampant. It's very strong in your face in the U.S. But it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist and doesn't mean that people aren't suffering from it. It's just like if you are sick and you have an illness, just because people can't see it doesn't mean it's not affecting your mind, body, and spirit. So my feeling of being here, I do feel a sense of more calmness and a sense of ease You know, when we were just talking about uh, in the beginning before we even opened up, I was saying, like, I've been here for 12, almost 12 years and I don't have a feeling of wanting to move back to the U.S. 
because I feel so calm here and things that are offered in Europe, particularly in Luxembourg, make me feel more at ease and calm. I know that when my daughter goes to school or she's out with her friends, I feel more safe. She is psychologically safe in her own skin. Um, not to say that these things don't happen in Lux because I have friends that have gone through these systematic racism challenges, but it's not as prevalent as it is in the U.S. And for that, I'm, I'm actually quite grateful for that experience. So if you say that uh, in your communities, in your circles here in Luxembourg, well, obviously it, these topics take more space than in general average discourse in public. But which topics would you say are the most discussed and maybe also the most concerning? Yeah, so uh, one that maybe isn't raised enough in the public eye is housing. And because of the work that I do, I, I have seen, and outside of work too, I've heard a lot of stories of persons of color who come here, not just black people, but persons of color will come to Lux and they'll look for apartment or housing and they will be denied because we don't rent to your kind or to your people. The things that you do, the music you play, the, the food that you cook, it smells, it's weird. Like everything about you being an outsider and a person of color is not welcome. And that actually is a big topic here within the housing, um, I don't want to say government, but it's like a family affairs. And so we've raised this with a couple of people and there have been discussions made because I'm pretty sure it's not just within the company that I work with, but a lot of other people who are coming across borders. We are a nation of many expats. And if you feel like you're coming here and you're happy to be here and all the things that Luxembourg provides, you should also feel like you could find housing with no problem. But actually it's a pretty big deal And it's quite a challenge. What would usually take maybe less than a month maybe to find a place? It's taken people three, four, five, six months to find a place to live. Do landlords um, say these uh, actual racist arguments, do they say them directly? So from the stories I've seen and heard, it's either directly or from the leasing companies. And I can't say specific names, but I definitely have colleagues and stories of people explaining this. And it's... Uh, One that is done in tears, not just because I don't make enough money, um, I can't afford it. It's because you look at me and you don't even know me and you won't rent to me, which is crazy, in my opinion. If you say you have a 16-year-old daughter, how do you talk to her about these topics? Or, well, now she probably she understands these things, but when she was little, um, how did you or did you at all address these issues? So and the way that she found out was uh, similar to the way that I found out that she was different. Um, I was raised in a house with uh, my, my grandmother. Um, she was like a black historian. So she always gave me lots of books, lots of stories. She was a playwright. So I was very well educated in my history. And with my daughter, she was the same. But uh, moving over here, you know, it's a lot of different Uh, language, dialect, uh, different cultures, which is I, I think is really great. Um, and she's very open and honest about what's going on at school, what's going on around her. And, you know, we, again, we're a nation of many expats. So um, I remember particularly she, some years back, she had some new classmates that were refugees. And she was explaining their stories that they were sharing of like where they came from and how bad it was for the war and how far they had to walk. And like, Those were things that I never experienced. 
I, I never had a firsthand experience of looking at someone and them explaining that to me. And so she's looking and hearing that from a child's perspective. And she'd come home and she would tell me. And she's just so open and empathetic about it. And I really appreciate that. But the other side was she did have an ugly situation where someone made some comments about the color of her skin and she could not play with them because of that. And, uh, you know, she she didn't understand it, but I said, you know, sometimes people will look for things that make you different and will pick on you, and that's bullying. We don't do bullying in our household, and I, I say, like, I would advise you not to do that to others either. But, you know, for that situation, I went up to the school, talked to them, talked to the parents. It was It was fixed, but outside of that, like, we've been pretty open and honest about that. She actually has been <laughs> schooling me on, you know, the Gen Z lingo and how they view themselves in the world. And, you know, I'm thinking I'm talking to her about, like, different sexual orientation and things like that. And she's like, that's not the correct term, Mom. You should be saying this, this, and this. And I'm like, oh, sorry, my bad. So, yeah, she's kind of educating me while I think I'm educating her. <laughs> Do you sometimes get sick about people asking all these questions as I do now actually especially as talking about these issues and even more with white people uh, never uh, I wish more people would ask more questions just as if I met you for the first time and I wanted to know who you are and where you're from and if I wanted to befriend you you would tell me about your life experience and I would want to know more and those would be casual conversations that we would have I would not make assumptions about you. And so I wish people would make more attempts to get to know people outside of what they see, because then you will find that maybe we have many things in common, our upbringing, maybe shared languages, joy of food, movies, whatever. But sometimes people's bias get in the way and they don't even get past that point. Um, I don't think I'll ever get tired of talking about racism until it stops. I don't know when that's going to happen, but until it stops or it completely disappears, uh, yeah, I, I think I will just continue to be able to answer those questions. Especially for people who are not confronted with these topics in their daily life, it's often difficult to talk about it and to choose the right words, maybe. So if you see your daughter teaching you on how to talk about sexual identities. So obviously there's a lot that you can do wrong. How is that if we talk about race, about skin color? Can I do anything wrong? Well, I think if you're open and honest and you ask questions, there's no harm in that. Um, so I have friends that are from Hungary and um, Romanian Uh, background. And I remember we had a discussion about racism and they were telling me about what's happened to them and how people view them and how they're treated, even here in Luxembourg. And I was quite surprised because if I closed my eyes and I heard the story, I would have thought you were living someone of my skin color background. Like I would have thought you were a black person living the same life. And um, I was very open and honest and said, hey, you know what? I... I did not know that within the white community, you had the same racial or discrimination against each other. You know, I understand people have classism and they, you know, you, you're from this area, um, you're from the north, you're from the south, you know, people don't get along or whatever, but I didn't know it was that prevalent. And so that was a lesson learned for me, was like, wow, even within your community, you have challenges against each other. 
okay, you know, and so fast forward, and now I'm, I look at things totally different, and I'm like, okay, everyone can face discrimination and racism. There's, there's varying degrees and levels of it, but I think to start off with a conversation, to maybe attend some events, read some books, books are always great. There's so many books out there. I'm always giving my daughter books too, because I'm like, there's not enough knowledge that you can't seep up. But also, what I'm trying to do now, even for myself, is learn from the mistakes of the past of the U.S., but also learn more about what's going on in EU and EMEA because the stories here are, like I said, they're taboo and they're not very prevalent. They're not well known. And there's a lot of heroes and sheroes on this side of the world to speak of and to learn from. And there's a lot of great allies as well um, to learn from. And that is it, is to start by being an ally and just opening the conversation. Thanks, Corita, for sharing your experiences and your views. Thank you. That was Corita Yockley on Voices Matter. She's from the U.S. and has lived now for many, many years in Luxembourg and in Europe. And we talked about racism and the differences between the U.S. and Europe and Luxembourg and about how to address these topics. That was Voices Matter. At Era City Radio, we are convinced that every voice matters. Yours as well. If you want to share your story, contact us at listeners at era.lu or via Era City Radio's social media channels.